the Lord had spoken to me that there needed to be a season of repentance. And that's a little bit tough. I mean, Jeremy, you set it up really well. Honestly, you could have just preached the message. I was enjoying listening to you talk. But it can't be just a quick thing that we go through. And it's not just a one-time thing. It's an all-the-time thing. So I'm not going to recap last week's message. Please, if you did not hear it, go listen to it. This is what I heard the Lord say to me this morning. He said, the only way will be one is if we stop trespassing against one another and we forgive one another. This will also be the only way I will come into your midst and demonstrate my power and glory to Rock City Church and to my body as a whole. We have to stop trespassing against one another. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. Now, the context of this scripture is if you're angry in your heart and you're calling somebody a fool, you're in great danger. Now, you may not say those words, but you think it. And you, if you have ought against somebody, that's the context of the scripture. If you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Reconciliation, this is an important word. Reconciliation is repentance to one another. Because see, we know and understand changing our mind and the way we think with God. He, we, re, remember, repentance is changing the way we think to the way he thinks. But reconciliation is the same thing, but instead of it being vertical, it's horizontal. It's between us. Or it's vice versa. Repentance is reconciliation to one another. Reconciliation is paramount to God accepting our gift. So notice, if you come to present your gift and you remember that somebody has an odd against you, Deal with it first and then come back and present your gift. Let me define reconciliation for you. Reconciliation is restoration of friendly relations. It's compatibility and agreement on a particular viewpoint. It's causing us to coexist in harmony. It's settling a disagreement. That's the the Webster's Dictionary definition. But listen to the Greek definition. It means to change and to change the mind of anyone. It's to transform your thinking from one way to another and be made different. So I change because it started here in my mind. I thought differently, now my actions followed. Do you understand that? It's, it's very synonymous with repentance. So repentance means to change the way that you think. But you can only change the way you think when you accurately know what God thinks about something. So when God speaks to you, you repent and change the way that you're thinking. You get corrected. You get shown truth. You get wisdom. You get revelation about a situation. And then you repent to God. But remember what I taught you about John the Baptist. When the tax collectors came and the sinners came, they were repenting and confessing. And so confession is critical. Confession brings reconciliation. The challenge is, is you don't know what you don't know which is why you need God to bring remembrance to you when you come to bring your gift. And that's what was happening to me. So it changes the way that you think so that you can reconcile. 
Because typically you're so angry and you're so ticked off and you're so mad that you stay stuck in that position and you're immovable. But when God reveals his heart to you for forgiveness and compassion and grace like he's done for you, you can then bring forgiveness to somebody else. He changes your mind from being angry and wanting vengeance on your enemy to now praying and reconciling with those who either have done you wrong or you have done wrong. Notice the pattern. I was angry and called others a fool in my heart. I came to church to offer my gift at the altar. What does it mean to offer your gift? Well, your worship, your prayers, your service, your money, your time. You all came here to bring a gift. It's the gift of yourself. It's the gift of your worship. It's the gift of your, many of you that give financially. It's the gift of your family. It's the gift of those that are serving here today. And while offering my gift, I remembered that there was an issue that someone had against me. But what if you had an issue against someone else? What if the issue was your fault? And even if it wasn't, the response is the same, reconcile. It doesn't even matter, reconcile. Because God reminded it to you while you were in the presence of God. So you came here, you got in the presence, you got in the atmosphere, and suddenly you remembered. But the word for remember is not really actually the best word. If you look up this word remember, it actually means to be reminded, to remind. He reminds you, or you get reminded, or you have a recollection of something that suddenly came to your mind. And that's what happens in altar atmospheres. Today was an altar atmosphere. We have an altar. We have an atmosphere in the presence of God. We're worshiping. It's high praise. We're weeping. The presence is downpouring. It's like the atmosphere is electric, and you're worshiping, and it's so beautiful. And all of a sudden, something comes to your mind that God wants to deal with in your heart. So whether you're reminded or whether you remember, it's the same, is that when you get with the Holy Spirit, God doesn't want to leave you the same. Downloads from heaven begin to happen, and God begins to reveal the deep issues of our heart that need to be dealt with. So we want to be united with God, but he wants us to be united with one another. And we say, it's all about you, God. It's all about you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, I waved my hand in the throne of God. The presence of God was so great. And all the while, I have ought and issues, and I'm divided with my brothers and sisters. And God's not okay with that. And in his love and his kindness, in the midst of offering your gift, he reminds you, and he brings remembrance. Why? Because he doesn't want to leave you the same. Because what's really going to change you is not just a touch from his presence. It's going to, you're going to be changed when you clear the air and reconcile between your brothers and sisters. He doesn't allow us to keep worshiping him while we remain bitter and divided with one another. Notice the scripture was, if you remember, leave your gift and go. Go and deal with it so that you can have this kind of worship we had today where the atmosphere's clear and we can be united by the Holy Spirit. God reminds us of our trespasses. What does it mean to trespass? I want to teach a message titled, No Trespassing. 
A trespass is a lap. The first definition of a trespass is not I crossed a boundary and I went into private property. That's not the first definition. The first definition is I had a lap. I either lapsed or deviated from proper thinking. I wasn't thinking right when I crossed that boundary. I deviated from the truth. It's a deviation. It's a lapse in judgment. It's an offense, a fault, a sin, a misdeed. And it is crossing the boundary line and taking advantage of another. It's committing an offense. That's trespassing. All offenses are first against God and his biblical standards. That's what you've got to realize. Because even if somebody wanted you to trespass, even if a girl was in porn and she thought she wanted to be, which almost 100% of them come out later regretting what they did, just so that you know. The stories are tragic. How they got in, what they went through, and how they got out, and how it affected their life. Only Jesus could fully heal those wounds and transform those girls. Only Jesus could do it. But you have to realize that when you sin, David realized when he sinned against Bathsheba, he said in Psalm 53, to you and you alone have I sinned. And I'm like, wait a minute, I sinned against you. God's like, no, I defined what sin is. I'm the, I'm the definer of right and wrong. Even Joseph, when Potiphar's wife was probably the hottest thing around and no one was else around, Joseph had every opportunity to compromise when no one was looking. And she came onto him hot and heavy and he ran for his life and he said to her, I will not sin against God. Because he understood the first person you trespass against is him. The Holy Spirit always reminds me of unresolved issues that need to be dealt with. Many times I deal with them in the atmosphere of his presence, and then I reconcile. We have to see it first, and then we need the strategy from God on how it needs to be dealt with. Sometimes it's simple repentance and forgiveness to God with no further action. Other times God gives clear direction on who to call or write and what exactly to say. And other times God says, go and deal with it now first. So it's... it's, there's no formula to this. You got reminded in the atmosphere and the presence of God, and in some cases, God says, confess it and repent it to me, and it's dealt with. There's, I can't go back to the 70, 80 women that I compromised and slept with in my past. Some I can, some I can't. I can't go back to every single person that I robbed, stole, sold drugs to. I'd be literally repenting for the next 20 years and on phone calls. So it's, not a mat- it's a matter of God revealing it to you so that he can heal you and show you. This is the essence of inner healing, is Holy Spirit, who do I need to forgive? Who, is, who do I still have ought against or do they have ought against me? And maybe they don't even realize it, and maybe you don't, but God does. Because all those people you slept with before you got married or are sleeping with now, you're trespassing. You're taking advantage of them. And you may not even think, you have, before I knew the Lord, I had no guilt or concept of what I, that's why I taught you about moral compunction. Moral compunction is that feeling of guilt that says, don't do that anymore. Or when you do it, you repent after the fact. And so it's in the presence of the atmosphere of God that he begins to remind you, it's like, oh, this is so incredible. Oh my God, goosebumps, hair said, this is so incredible. This is the most incredible worship I've ever had. And God says, let me talk to you about that ex or that last spouse you had. 
you got to forgive them. And sometimes it means that you repent before God and he gives you the download and you deal with it later. And that may be a phone call. It may be a text message. It may be writing them. Hey, I'm, I just want to apologize. It's not, their, it's not your responsibility of their action. It's your responsibility to do the right thing. And they may say, you're an idiot. I wanted all of that. I, did, I don't even know why you're apologizing. But see, you're apologizing to clear the air before the Lord. And also, in some cases, if they are bitter and you did trespass, now you set them free by your forgiveness. God reveals it to heal it. Let's say that. God reveals it to heal it. So you have to let the Lord show you, and you have to let the Lord give you the strategy. What I don't want you to do is cut yourself and flagellate yourself, and you're, you're constantly like cutting and beating, and that's not the premise. The premise is first get it, let it go with the Lord, let him heal it, and then ask the Lord how I'm to deal with it. All of you should be asking right now in your heart, is there anybody I have ought against or has ought against me that I need to forgive? The key, though, is you have to deal with it and stop sweeping things under the rug or thinking they'll just resolve in time. But it has to be spirit-led. God will kindly and gently lead you through it. Take action so you can step into all God has for you now. Confession is restitution and making things right. And sometimes even paying things back at times. Maybe you just drop a check in the mail with no return address. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's giving something back that you obtained illegally. Well, it's awfully quiet in this Baptist church. We can't cry out to God and expect him to hear and answer our prayers while we remain bitter and angry towards others. Luke 6.37, judge not and you won't be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Notice the three topics here, judgment, condemnation, and forgiveness. Starts in our heart. Matthew 18.33, should you not also have had compassion on your fellow? This is the story where the servant was forgiven of the debt and then he goes to the debtors and then beats them and commands and demands them to pay. And then it says here in Matthew 8, is Jesus talking, should you not have also had compassion on your fellow servant, just I had pity on you. So God has had pity and compassion on you. And because he's had pity and compassion on you, you can't tell me, you never get an out that you can't forgive someone else. And his master was angry and delivered him to the tortures until he should pay all that was due to him. Verse 35 is the key here. So my heavenly father will also do to each of you from his heart, if from his heart he does not forgive his brother his trespasses. How important is it to God to forgive those who have trespassed against you? We live in a world of vengeance. Vengeance is increasing in the world around us. Lawlessness is increasing. Hatred is increasing. Violence is increasing. But the church is called to be different. Mark 11, 25, 26, whenever you stand praying, or let's reword it, whenever you stand to bring your gift, 
If you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. If you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. They must be dealt with. Luke 23, 34, then Jesus hanging on the cross prayed one of the most powerful prayers. This is probably one of my favorite prayers Jesus ever prayed. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. I read it this way. They're in deception and I didn't even really realize it. And I was so mad at their deception that I held it against them while Jesus is hanging on the cross saying, forgive them for their deception. Because deception's not really knowing what you say. Well, I knew exactly what I was doing. Trust me, you are deceived when you do anything contrary to perfect love, no matter how you slice it and dice it. There's never an out. So you have to confess your trespasses to one another, forgive and you'll be forgiven, realize that people don't really know what they're doing and are living in deception when they don't love perfectly. Hebrews 12, 14, and 15, pursue peace with all people in holiness without, without which no one will see the Lord. We saw the Lord today in this house. When we pursue peace and holiness, it's one, it's both. You could say holiness and peace with others. I don't care which way you put it, they, they have to go hand in hand. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by this many become defiled. So let me tell you what roots of bitterness do inside of you when you don't forgive. They spring up and they expand. And now they expand out of you and ultimately defile everyone around you. You must deal with bitterness in your heart. You've got to get it out. You have to repent and reconcile. You have to confess and make restitution. Or otherwise, our hearts will have darkness inside of them and we'll never fully be able to walk in the light with one another. We must forgive and not, and not turn away from the pain. Don't turn away from the pain, folks. I know it hurts. Cry your eyes out. Now, don't take it to the point of mutilating yourselves. Just repent and ask for mercy. Follow my example. Cry and worship. And then deal with it. We must pursue peace with all people and holiness. Holiness keeps us from trespassing and enables us to see the Lord. So when you're living holy before the Lord, you won't trespass against your neighbor. And then we have to walk in the light as he is in the light. 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So walking in the light means nothing is hidden. Think about it for a moment. I have nothing that I'm hiding inside of me and my conscience is clean. There's no deceitful thing in my heart. But my heart is prone to wickedness and deceitfulness. I, I never arrive. I never come to this place where, man, I have it all figured out. No, I'm always living on the edge. I'm always dependent. I'm always vulnerable. Sin and the devil is crouching at my door night and day, night and day, night and day. The devil seeks to accuse and deceive. But what it means is I repent often, even if there is something or something comes in, I'm quick to repent because it's not going to take root inside my heart anymore. It means I repent a lot. And I reconcile often to one another when I trespass or am trespassed against. I said to my friend over here, 
Not long ago, I said, I'm so, I want to apologize. I haven't been a good friend. He's like, pulled me to the side. He looked me in the eye. He said, what are you talking about? You've been a great friend. I understand. But the Lord showed me that I can be a better friend. And if I don't get this thing dealt with, I don't want any shame inside my heart to take root that I, I should have done better. And I'm not going to overcompensate. Because when you keep it inside, you overcompensate. And now you're subtly and sneakily doing more because you haven't done right. And now you overcompensate with kids. That especially happens in divorce and broken marriages and relationships. Now that I did wrong or my kids are hurt or they're going through this, I'm going to overcompensate. And that's not loving accurately. So what happens is the blood of Jesus cleanses us off from all sin when we reconcile often to one another in our trespasses or we're trespassed against. Meaning the very purpose of why Christ died is fulfilled in your life. The very reason why Christ died gets fulfilled in your life. If you walk in the light, as he's in the light, you'll have fellowship with one another. And guess what happens? The blood of Jesus completely heals and covers our lives. Notice the pattern. Get in the light, have true fellowship. Here comes the blood. Don't give the devil any, any, don't give him an inch. Don't give him the tip of your fingernail. Reconcile. Let the blood of Jesus do what it does. You want healing in your life? Let go of all bitterness and unforgiveness so that you're not defiled and everyone else around you is not defiled. Let God show it to you. Because many times you don't even know who. So the question is, who do you need to be reconciled today? Who do you need to forgive? Sometimes, many times in my past, I've been in worship and the Lord showed me something or someone and he said, go. Let me give you all freedom in this house. If you're ever here in worship or I'm preaching and God shows something to you, you're free to get on your phone and send him a text message of apology and own and confess it. Don't just say, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry that I trespassed and I'm sorry that I slept with you and I'm sorry that I did the things that I did against you. Even if, they're the, even if they wanted it, so what? Maybe you got to go write them a letter. I, you can't call everyone, but maybe somebody you can call. Maybe it's an in-law. Maybe it's a relative. And maybe it's just between you and the Lord. Maybe you don't even need to go to that person. Maybe going to that person's not what God wants you to do. There's some people that I know have ought against me and I didn't do anything wrong. And the Lord's like, no, you don't need to do anything with that. But in some cases, the Lord's like, no, I want you. They have ought against you. Whether you did something wrong or not, I want you to reconcile. And here's what it may look like. Hey, are you upset with me for something that I did? Face it. Don't be afraid of conflict. Just deal with it. Because you need the clean conscience. I had to repent to my wife for compromise before we got married. Because one day after we lost our baby and we're, we were at the worst place maybe we'd ever been, ever. And it had gone on. I was stubborn. I was manifesting. She was hurt. She was manifesting. It was like a month. I remember it was one of the darkest times of our lives. And I was mad at her and she was mad at me. And it was all really no good reasons for it. And so finally, on, our, on a road trip, I'm like, what is it? What's going on? And she broke down crying and said, I feel so alone. I don't feel covered. I, feel, I don't feel safe. 
And I looked up to the Lord, and I was like, and he's like, yeah, you've never actually properly covered her since the day you met her. And I apologized. And I owned it. And I said I was sorry. And I owned not being the man of God I should have been. Because I was overly attracted to her from day one. (laughs) And I will say, things got a little dicey. (laughs) Oh, boy. I'm still just as a... I'm more in love with her today. More in love. But see, at that point... What I did was I, I, by owning it and repenting, I took away the offense to bring us into the light, and there was no more blaming. Now, she knew that I understood enough because I didn't just say sorry. I got the revelation that she was right, and I never had. And some of you men may need to do the same thing, and it's okay. Just own it. Because if you want to get back to being the man of God and the father and the husband you're called to be, don't give the enemy any, any in. Just own it. So close your eyes. I want you to think about the altar for a moment. Did you know your heart is an altar? Make your heart, your church, your home an altar. Allow the Lord to speak to you and reveal things to you so he can bring healing to your heart. As the Lord shows you, ask him, what what do I need to do to bring reconciliation and restitution? Do whatever you need to do. Take in responsibility, Lord. Ask him, is there anybody that I need to forgive? And how do I forgive them? actually there with you.
us, Lord, we need to do? Who do we need to get right with, Lord? Who do we need to forgive? Who do we need to reconcile, change our mind, and help us to come into unity and harmony? To at least do our part so that you can bring healing homes and our families, community and nation. Lord, it starts with us. Repentance starts with us. Sorry, Lord. Don't stay the same, beloved. The Lord loves you. He reveals to you. I thank you that you're so merciful. You're so tender, kind. You're so loving, God. I'm amazed. I'm amazed at how much you love us, Lord. I'm just blown away. Blown away, God. You are so good, God. You're so good. I'm so sorry, Lord the things I've said and done that have hurt others. Lines I've crossed, lines I cross in my heart even today. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive us. Have mercy. And help us to love the way you love. Show us what perfect love looks like, God. And I thank you so much for healing this body. Cut that root, Lord. Cut the root of bitterness, Lord. Cut the root of bitterness out of this house. And out of your church, Lord, make us one. So you and the Father are one. You prayed. You prayed that prayer, Lord. Please, God, baptize us with honesty. Thank you, Lord. Help people to reconcile. Help them. Give them strategies. I pray over your strategies that God gives you when you leave today. That no matter the response of the other person, you would do what the Lord tells you to do. Just be obedient and walk in love. And don't make excuses. And I thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.